You know what's crazy? I'll tell you what's crazy. The film The Hangover. It was on HBO again the other day. Now, in case you've been living under a rock, the movie is a riot. It's about four guys going to Vegas for a bachelor party. They black out, then piece together a crazy night of penthouse tigers and Mike Tyson right hooks, as well as naked Chinese mafia hitmen. They wake up to abandoned babies, Holocaust strippers, stolen police cars, and photos so smutty you need a priest and a wet nap just to view them. After I got done laughing, I mused to myself that I've lived this movie in real life. Well, I never met Mike Tyson, but while I was in college in Los Angeles, Vegas, well, it was a constant. Barely a four-hour jam from Sin City. A few hours speeding through the desert, and suddenly you come over that horizon, and blam, bright lights, and neon, and colored crazy. It ignites the collegiate brain like rocket fuel in a lawnmower. Most people go to Vegas with a plan. They pack for the weekend. They have a place to stay. They have a general idea of what they want to do. They charge it to their credit card or sign it to their room. Me? I had no plan. I had no credit card. I never had a room. Back in the 80s, I usually was in Vegas before I even knew I was in Vegas. It was a last call for alcohol, perhaps in a Santa Monica bar, and then like a covert military operation with no objective except to stay alive and stay out of jail. Suddenly, we were in Sin City. Well, I spent three days in Vegas one night. Unbelievably, I was wearing a pair of yellow sweatpants, high-top sneakers, and a ratty t-shirt. I looked like Vanilla Ice meets Ronald McDonald. It's not a good look then, it's a worse look now. But can you blame me? On this particular night, we were in the middle of South Central. We were playing basketball. It was the hood, and the games were hard. Respect had to be earned. If you won, you stayed on the court. If you lost, they laughed you home. Had I known I was going to Vegas after playing basketball, I'm quite certain I would have worn something other than bright yellow sweatpants. But for this adventure, for my version of the hangover, yellow sweatpants and high tops was just what the doctor ordered. So after some hard-fought games, somebody out there on the court yelled, Road Trip! That could have meant Mexico. That could have meant Joshua Tree National Park. That could have meant Palm Springs or Santa Barbara. But on this early morning, for whatever reason, it meant Vegas. Why pack? Why plan? Why change clothes? We'd only been playing basketball for two hours, right? Who needed a shower? It was extemporaneous insanity. It was set in motion by idiots with raw desire and few brain cells. Four hours later, the bright lights of the most decadent city in all of America filled my pupils. There I was, young and dumb and full of crazy, dressed in a baseball hat, tank top, high top sneakers, and those bright yellow sweatpants. I should have been arrested at the city limit for a violation of fashion protocol. I was barely old enough to vote, ain't America beautiful. With little more than $20 tucked into my sock, I lasted three straight days with no plan and no place to stay. Somehow I zombied my way through three straight days of $4 shrimp dinners and free cocktails. Somehow I seduced that $20 sock money into being my bitch. I massaged it. I lied to it. 
and transformed it into as many memories as the ages could hold. How's that possible? Ha! How is anything in Vegas possible? I remember standing at the Caesars Palace craft table. It was early in the morning. Zombies were nursing a gambling fix. They were roaming the casino. It's scary to think that they even let me stand at the table, looking like I did. At least I was wearing pants and my shirt didn't have a racing stripe full of vomit. In a town where money talks, what you look like, not really an issue. So I put my $20 down on the pass line, and I started chucking them bones. Seven, pay the shooter, and so it began. I'd win some, I'd lose some, but I mostly won some. Apparently, Lady Luck was inside those high tops, because the hoopster with the yellow sweatpants and case of B.O. was gathering a crowd. Now, it's hard to turn $20 into a million, Craps is a game where you can win a lot of money if you have the balls to stay in the game. The problem with craps is you have to keep feeding the odds. You can win, but it takes so much money to keep a hot streak going, you only breathe a sigh of relief when you finally hit your point. If you have money scattered across the table and that seven comes up, well, then the rake comes out. And it's a monetary eviction as they scrape every red cent off that beautiful green felt. Bam, like a Vegas sunrise, you can be broke again. And so it was with my hot streaks. I would win, but I never bankrolled the profits. I always tried to maximize the ride of Lady Luck. But there was something different about this roll of the bones. What I didn't realize was that the guy at the end of the table with the mountain of chips, he was a movie star. Remember that film in the 80s, The Breakfast Club? It starred Molly Ringwald and Emilio Estevez as high school kids. They were in detention. Remember that scene where the detention monitor, the assistant principal, comes out of the restroom with a long line of toilet paper stuck to his pants? Well, that actor's name is Paul Gleason, a.k.a. Principal Richard Vernon. Well, lo and behold, he was at the other end of my table. And while I was trying to turn $20 into $100, he was turning $20,000 into much, much more. After three days of this lunacy, I was practically falling asleep at the table. I'd been up for multiple rotations of the sun. I'd been on my feet for practically the entire time. And remember, this all started on a basketball court in South Central Los Angeles a night or two earlier. The cushioned rail of the table was soft. It was like a high thread count pillow. The drone of the dice and the chips and the stick man hollering, shooter coming out. It was like warm milk to a guy who just wanted to engage in some REM sleep. So down to my last 20 sock dollars, I began to push away. I didn't have a plan. Maybe I'd find the other guys or maybe go to the IMAX theater at the top of the stairs at Caesars Palace. That was a good place to fall asleep in the dark while learning about the origins of the solar system. That's what I'll do. That's when Principal Vernon pushed a stack of chips in front of me. Where are you going, he says. I'm out, I respond. You're my good luck charm, he says, like a bad line from a bad movie. Take these chips and keep rolling. I looked at him, and I could only picture the guy with the toilet paper hanging out of his pants. I smiled weakly. I threw the dice till the last whiff of Lady Luck's perfume was gone. I might as well have been throwing meatballs onto the table. Because as hot as I was, that's how cold I was now. I'm done, I said, pushing away from the rail like a beaten fighter. The breakfast club actor came over and slapped me on the back. He had a rainbow of chips in his hands. How'd you do? He asked. I had a single chip left. Not as good as you, I responded. 
Yawning through eyes so bloodshot I needed a squeegee to see, Principal Vernon tossed me a $100 chip. Go get yourself something to eat, kid. And he turned his back saying, thanks. And that was it. He was gone. The breakfast club principal of detention and my brush with quasi-greatness. I don't remember much else about that run-on sentence of a road trip, but that's Vegas. 20 bucks and a pair of socks can last three days and generate stories that last a lifetime. Life's crazy.